Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. dedicated to Henry Farmer. In the year of the final war, the dawn of Good afternoon, good evening, good etc. You know the drill. This is Alan Averill. This is Agitators Anonymous. I think we have reached the 170 episodes mark. Well, I'm about to go to Beyond the Gates in Norway. Primordial is about to play um, this Friday. So this episode will be a bit of a, uh, a ramble, a bit of a discussion about how you prepare um, your expectations, trying to meet them, trying to avoid crushing disappointment, whatever, all those kind of things, all the technical kind of stuff you need to prepare, kind of, you know what they say, uh, talk about what you know. Well, I sort of know a few things about this, um, although some who've had to deal with the finer details, the finer technical details with me would say that I still pay absolutely no attention. But isn't that the will and the want of singers who just walk around with a microphone in their pocket? Well then, it might be a little bit more chaotic and unfocused than normal. Normal service will be resumed next week and hopefully I'm going to use the opportunity of the next week to uh, speak to a couple of different people from different bands, get some hopefully some interesting videos, some this and that. But I thought I would just discuss the preparation. Before I do that, the podcast is sponsored by Metal Blade Records. Go to uh, IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade Records and use the promo code AA2023 and you can get 10% off your order. Also, quite a lot of people messaging me about uh, backdrops for playing live. Yes, you can continue to message me. Um, you can slide into my DMs and I will refer you to the people who will be able to make them for you. But as some of you may have noticed, Primordial has been a bit absent from the summer festivals. Um, there's a mixture of bad luck with that. There was uh, two festivals, Rock and Eichen and Bang Your Head, which were sadly cancelled. Um, and I think a corresponding show with that. But this can sometimes be what happens when you are at the end of an album cycle. Um, so Exile Amongst the Ruins was 2018. You get quite a few shows the summer after that. Then, of course, uh, the covid and lockdown all that kind of thing happened so we had our major disruption to the industry to playing live um some shows last summer of course but you're reaching the end of the cycle you're sort of running out of gas running out of juice uh, when it comes to um the cycle of that particular album now the strange thing is is that if you were to say not release an album for another three four five years people would begin to go what the fuck happened to primordial Oh, are they still playing live? Maybe we should book them. That would be an unusual curio, wouldn't it? You know the phenomenon of a band who hasn't played in years, all of a sudden they come back. Um, 
pick one out of the ether, an autopsy, although, you know, that was quite a long time that they were gone. But absence makes the heart grow fonder, my friends. And sometimes people just get tired of seeing you around at everything. And even though they say it's good to go dark for a little bit, as in, um, you know, disappear from the, uh, the public discord, disappear from social media or disappear from the stage for a while, which is very hard right now for any bands to properly cop compartmentalize certainly for me considering if you think about the last five years three four of them have been disrupted and um those are three or four years which i you could say are the beginnings of middle age the fillet of your 40s um and you're rolling uh you know ever onward obviously as you get older and a part of you is looking at the at the clock at the watch going well how much time is actually left with all of this um, because it seems like there's so many festivals now which are just they're happening everywhere some are being cancelled some are being pulled um, there's just flights luggage chaos everything just seems to be everybody trying to do everything now all at once and then I don't know about you but it feels like there's more music um, than ever before there's just so much music it almost breaks my brain um, some people you know in bands they thought you know what the lockdown will filter it out Bands who are going to quit are going to quit. Um, and, you know, we're going to be left with perhaps a less confused, chaotic playing field. And actually, I think almost the opposite happened. There seems to be more music than ever. And maybe it's just, um, you know, a sort of micro reflection of the general tone of the world that everything just seems more hectic and chaotic. Um, so when someone says to you, you know, what would be a good idea for Primordial for your band, considering you've lost two or three years? to um, all of the things I just mentioned and time is running out you're looking at your uh, watch and you're going how many years more left of this um, before I have to um, you know consider my own sad demise um, the idea of taking a couple of months off uh, seems like anathema especially when you want to rush headlong into the fray and get involved again however that is kind of what happened to Primordial so there is a certain amount of trepidation in coming with this festival of Beyond the Gates. Now, I could be uh, cursing the gods right now and um, discussing it before it happens, and then who knows, perhaps it's the most disastrous show in the history of Primordial, and I will be, um, you know, a Natafrost-style meme after falling headlong off the stage at Greek Helen and becoming one of those um, much-shared memes, and that precipitates the release of the new album, and everyone goes, oh, well... They're on the way out. They're on the decline. They're on the decline. Um, <clears throat> well, let's hope not. Let's hope the gods look favorably down upon us, the heavy metal gods. But what happens is that you kind of, um, the wheels within the machine of the band become a little bit rusty. You sort of, I think it's a bit like I talk to friends of mine who are comedians and they say, look, if you take three, four, five, six months off getting on the stage with comedy, uh, you're rusty. You're, you know, your delivery is different you're not reading the room right and i feel the same with playing live now there are some members of primordial who um love the big gaps love the um love some time off love some space away from it all and i understand that also if you have you know responsibilities in your life and family and all those kind of things you want to you want to kind of take the best of all of those worlds but personally because especially with primordial it's different with dread sovereign in a way because you're writing the riffs you're part of when you're playing within the band, you're part of the mechanics that are constantly moving, right? 
you're playing the drums, you're playing the guitar, you're playing the keyboard, whatever it is you're doing, you're involved in that ongoing, the grinding of the wheel of the machine. And so unless you've completely lost your concentration span, which has happened to me many times, you are in the kind of pocket, you're in, you're in the warehouse covered in dirt. Whereas singing is different. Um, Firstly, because your throat is a muscle and you can probably hear I've been singing all weekend. So the throat is a bit. Uh, I also got kicked in the neck twice playing football, which was unpleasant. But right in the epiglottis. Um, and believe me, it's quite sore. Um, so let's hope there's not some uh, permanent damage and I don't come out sounding like Barry White or something on Friday. Um, although that might have its advantages. But what I'm trying to say is that singing it's a muscle you need to exercise it's why sometimes very often singers end up in covers bands or with a side band or with another band because as their main band maybe slows a bit where they don't rehearse as much because you tend to not rehearse as much when you're a bit older as you do when you're younger as again the responsibilities of life get in the way but um, you need to exercise that mus muscle so for example this Friday is the first time Primordial plays an entire album um, all the way through and uh, is into the nameless dead. Now, um, basically, the, the reason for that is because Beyond the Gates and Hole in the Sky before that had been so great to Primordial. It was just a conversation myself and uh, Torgrim from Beyond the Gates had last year. And I just said, well, what about if we play this album? Because he was the guy who reviewed the album um, that sort of broke the band a bit in Norway for um, the main Norwegian newspaper and gave it such a great review. And I also thought, well, Maybe it's something different, something different to concentrate on as a band. Um, you're not going to shake things up, ruffle a few feathers, so to speak, and get everybody concentrating on something else. And it also maybe makes you veer away from just kind of going, oh, look, we won't rehearse. Let's just play the same set we did last time, um, which is no grave and Rome Burns, even though Rome Burns is on to the Nameless Dead. But you see what I mean. Sometimes you can fall into a rut of just playing the same songs, which sounds bizarre considering how many songs Primordial actually has. But what happens is, again, when you have a fallow period of months and months, um, people just get on with their own lives. So you make an album. We've just made the album um, in May. And now we've been sitting on it for months and months. And it feels kind of like, for God's sake, could this the goddamn thing just come out already? Um, and it gets frustrating when you're still like, all right, OK, it's still four or five weeks from the release date. Um, and, you know, you don't have many festivals. The wheels are feel quite rusty. And um, there isn't much. You need a kind of sense of upward mobility, like a shark, you know, fast as a shark. Sharks never stop swimming, do they? Right. I sort of feels a bit like that. That's a wonderful heavy metal analogy, isn't it? But it sort of feels like if you stop moving, your muscles might atrophy a bit. At least that's how I feel, which is why you kind of constantly have to have something every two, three, four months to just keep moving towards. Um, whether it's um, vocals that you maybe are putting into um, somebody else's, um, let's say when I recorded vocals for me and that man or Marduk or something, or there's a Dread Sovereign EP or there's a Dread Sovereign gig or, well, then there's the primordial stuff or there was the April Men stuff or the this stuff or the that stuff. The idea that if you stop and pause too long, um, all of these things, all of these senses will atrophy. And all of a sudden, you find yourself somewhere as illustrious as Grieg Hallen, this huge, big, um, massive auditorium which takes thousands of people, and you find yourself about to go, huh? and the words, um, you know, the first line of Empire Falls, what is it again? I just forgot it right then and there. 
as I'm very uh, as I'm speaking to you now um, through the graves the wind is blowing or whatever it is and it's so easy to just have that huh, because you need to be it feels to me like you need to be singing that every couple of weeks for it to still just be in your memory um, the idea that um, you can just sort of freeze and your muscle memory won't kick in uh, is very very real and then of course if you're a bit of a warrior, as I may um, have discussed before that I can be, you begin to think, what if I get that wrong? What if you get that wrong? What if you get that wrong? And then it starts to weigh heavily in your mind and then you have a glass of wine and well, you know, that's what happens. And for some people, it's just purely instinctual. Like if you've written the riff, um, you probably, your muscle memory kicks in, but singing is different because you're, you're kind of like, um, you're sitting on top of the whole structure. So let's say you're the lightning rod on top of that warehouse. Um, and maybe if you fuck up, the warehouse can, you know, keep going. The machinery can keep moving. But do I have misgivings about playing an entire album all the way through? No, I certainly don't. I think if you listen to the podcast last week about why bands re-record albums, you'll find that I'm, I'm generally always on the side of bands, more or less. I mean, um, if you've written the songs, you are entitled to do with them as you please. And it's hardly like as if Primordial all of a sudden deciding to play to the Nameless Dead buys me another wing on the house that, uh, you know, on the, the huge mansion, the huge estate that I've been granted through the last 25, 30 years of creativity. It's also not an album from 1982 or 1987 or even 1997. It's only 15 or 16 years old or whatever it is. Um, I think it's 15, is it? 2007, 16? Yeah, well, anyway. Um, and it is yours to do with which as you please. So I don't see any problem or issue with it, to be honest. And it does make things interesting. But you do find yourself in rehearsal. So this is where the preparation that I'm talking about. You do find yourself in rehearsal going, like, say, for example, a song like Failure's Burden, which some people seem to like. Um, not one of my favorite songs. It's not a bad song at all. And you find yourself going, what the fuck were we doing here? Okay, so the singing starts after two and then one, and then three, and the lead goes here, and you realize, like, all oh, right, okay, did we do that on purpose? Did we do that intentionally? And now, 16 years on, you're, um, because you haven't sung that song possibly ever since making the record, your intuition is telling you, well, no, that, the structure should be a little bit different. So you have to kind of, it's very, very strange. It's like all of a sudden playing uh, the same sport with a slightly different shaped ball. Yeah. My dear Mr. Hitler. Uh, no, it's... What am I talking about? Yes, that was a rather ridiculous analogy. Um, what I mean is that you find yourself going back to relearn old songs and you think to yourself, did we really do that? Why did we do that? Does anybody remember? And then all of a sudden, you begin to realize you've maybe been singing uh, <laughs> a wrong version of a song years and years ago. So you have to try and get the rehearsal right. Um, I do think there is something to the... Um, to the notion that you could be over-rehearsed and therefore maybe a little bit too confident. And Primordial likes to be a bit loose, a bit rough sometimes with its uh, transitions. And we aren't, we aren't Gorguts, you know, so maybe we don't need to do that much rehearsal. But um, you do sometimes approach an entire album with a certain amount of trepidation because you think to yourself, well, if this is an album that means quite a lot to some people who are really looking forward to this, not just like, oh, it's a Primordial set, and then all of a sudden, as I said, you stand on stage and go, what is the first line of that song? Now, I will admit to sometimes using, um, I won't call them cheat sheets, but what it is, is 
I'm, it was the same way I used to approach doing exams back when I was a teenager or in my 20s or whatever, in that I had to write things down. I had to write um, little notes. I do this um, with almost every documentary, um, every historical thing, biography that I read or listen to. I make notes on it. During the lockdown, there's at least four or five pages, AA full scat pages, each which of 80 pages full of notes um, of everything from the Pendle witch trial to um, the Plantagenets, to the War of the Roses, to the Irish Famine. I just make notes constantly, and that's how it gets in my head. So there'll be no doubt there will be a, a moment on the plane across um, to Beyond the Gates where I'll be writing out the lyrics of the album in a marker, in a little book. What happens then is that little bit book I just put on the drum kit. In fact, some of you probably own one of those little books because by and large, when somebody comes to dismantle the drums, they just fling all bits of paper out into the crowd. Somebody's got it and gone, fucking hell, Avril can't even remember the lyrics. But what it is, is it just put and it just implants it in your memory. Um, and it's maybe for very visual people or something like this. What happens to me is that I visualize the first letter of the first word. Or if I know that, you know, wind graves blowing. Okay, now we're in. Every empire will fall. Where is the fighting man, etc. Um, I visualize the letters very clearly. And that helps me remember. So every now and again, you're standing on the stage. And I just glance over at the book on the drum kit. And I just see the first word. So you're not actually standing there reading them out. It's just every now and again, because you, especially for someone like me who's making eye contact with people all the time, you're not just standing there singing. You're roaming around, you're doing your black metal Bruce Dickinson thing, you're trying to get people involved, you're, you know, making connections with people in the crowd. There's all sorts of things going on. Maybe if you're just playing the bass and concentrating on the bass, you don't notice. And they can be very distracting. Um, I mean, that's the intention is to bring people into what you're doing to not, to, you know, to remove that, what do you call it, fourth wall or whatever it is, to allow people in so that as if they're taking part in some, um, the, the, the communality of the artistic and creative um, and, you know, um, this beautiful experience you're supposed to share together. That's very important. So part of my stage um, thing that I do is to try and bring everybody in. But that also means for somebody who has a, you know, a concentration span like I do, every now and again you go, oh, what's the next fucking line? So just a little glance back and I go, right. So somewhere on the plane tomorrow or whatever day it is, um, I probably should look that up, right? I will be looking, um, I'll be re I'll be writing out the words on bits of paper going, oh, okay, oh yes, yeah, that one. And every now and again you have like X2, X3 and that means that you start on the second bar or the first bar and little pointers, little arrow. Sometimes I have an arrow up, which means you don't forget that it got that singing bit here goes, you know, winter mocks me and it goes up high and not low. And an arrow up at the top or down of her end of a line reminds me like, oh, yeah, you start high and you end low. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, um, you know, mathematics for the for the for the simple or something like this. In that, it helps me with little bits, in just in case I get lost. But I do like the idea that you are able to be, um, you're able to kind of, I don't like the idea of being a sort of, um, you know, Def Leppard-esque. Go and see Def Leppard, it sounds amazing, but it's just like listening to Hysteria, more or less. Um, you want to, it to be a bit loose. I like singing things differently, I like singing different words. Um, used to be I used to make mistakes uh, 15, 20 years ago. I got a reputation for doing that. But nowadays, if you hear me see, so, sing something completely different, um, it's by and large because I want to. 
or it feels like, you know, I'm just going to throw something else different in here. And it's ad-libbing and it's something a bit different. And I think it adds a bit of texture to the song. If you're one of those people who wants it exactly like it is on the album, um, I'm not sure the Promodial is exactly the album for you. And I'm sure the other guys as well have to go. I looked at Paul and he's there going, what is the bass line for this? What did I do? Did I do a power chord? Did I do single notes? What do we tune down to? Are we tuned up? What are we? All these extra little things um, that you have to go and remember. Then, of course, there's all the stuff which I'm very bad at paying attention to, like the dimensions of the stage. How big is the stage? And we're having a stage prop built, which you'll probably see at the festival. Now, what will it look like from the crowd? You don't know who's going to light it up. You're going to have to go and find the lighting engineer specific instructions about what to do. Does it look ridiculous? Does it look over the top? Is it too late for a band like Primordial 30 years into a career to start adding stage props? Um, is it a fool's errand? Is it the right thing to do? These are the, the complications that swirl around in my brain over adding something like that to the stage. Um, the same thing that was the, you know, behind the video that you're going to see for the first song for the new album. Um, which is set in, you know, 16 or let's say 1520 um, Irish soldiers and the uniforms and the outfits. Now, that can veer very close to Monty Python if you're not careful. Uh, and that's kind of in the back of your head as well, is the idea that so many things now can be reduced to uh, some sort of simplistic meme. You want to remove yourself from anything like that. Now, most people don't second guess themselves about these things, and that's fine. But something like a stage prop, it's unusual. Um, especially who's playing before you, who's playing after you. Um, I think about these kind of things. So that's been built. Someone just sent me a picture of it. It looks very cool. Which backdrops am I bringing? Then I'm about to fire up all of my in-ear um, stuff, all of my um, my technical stuff, and just see, okay, do I need to go out and buy batteries? What needs replacing? Does everything working? Because it's, what you can do is you can bring all your in-ear systems and then somebody in the venue goes, nah, we don't have that frequency or, like I just thought of it right at this moment, Norway is outside the EU. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean they have a different in-ear frequency? Because if you're using in-ears, it works on a radio frequency between um, the transmitter, um, the microphone, and the PA. So sometimes that's why when a certain band brings an in-ear system with them and it starts to pick up local radio, that kind of thing, or maybe um, you're in a country, like I said, outside the EU that uses a different range. These are questions that you need to think about uh, that I do think about, but my brain is usually thinking about 50 or 100 different things at the same time. Uh, who's got the merch? What did we print with the merch? Which backdrop should I bring? So then you have to look at the stage dimensions. Do I bring the backdrop that's not from the era of To The Name Is Dead? Where is that backdrop? What about the stage clothes? Do I bring the stage clothes from that era? Or do I bring the stage clothes I have now? What do you do about all these kind of things? Um. And these are the things, these are questions that if you don't play, if you haven't played in a couple of months, um, they weigh heavier on your mind because you're thinking they, they gain more importance. They have more weight, more gravitas because um, you haven't thought about them in a couple of months. You've been, you know, well, I mean, Ireland has been, uh, the last month has been a kind of grey, rainy deluge, uh, very much akin to the, you know, a week in October, to be honest with you, um, which apparently the people at Vakan are now experiencing. I read there were some huge, huge downfalls there and torrential rain and people not being able to get into the campsite and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, there's no doubt about it that um, every now and again you get a monsoon summer. I seem to remember we had one in Ireland somewhere around 2005 or six, uh, where it just seemed to rain every day for like a month or two months. But anyway, what happens is that you're sort of that muscle of playing a gig atrophies. And for somebody who doesn't really get nervous, 
um, like me, um, which apparently is a sign of sociopathy, but I'm not sure about that. Um, you, you, you get a little flutter because you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't done this in fucking months. And you worry a bit, is a voice going to be prepared for it? Um, as my good Frank from Morning Beloved would say to me, Avril, the problem with you is you think about it too much. Have a, have a shot of Jägermeister, have an old whiskey and shut the fuck up about it. And he's, he's not wrong, is that man. Um, and this is before you check all the really boring stuff like, oh, uh, uh, which day is the flight on? What time is the flight at? Um, you can't just presume you know all these things because um, they get changed, they get moved. Airlines are really at this a lot lately. Cancelled, moved, delayed, um, rerouting. What bags have you got? Maybe you can't bring all those backdrops, all this kind of thing. How are you going to bring your stage prop home? Do you book another bag? These are all things that once upon a time, I suppose, would have been taken care of by uh, managers or by crew. But as the costs kind of spiral out of control for bands these days, it's less and less that um, people are bringing uh, crew. And so I try and liaise with the people there beforehand, send a few emails, you know, that kind of thing. We will bring a sound man. Sometimes we have a lights person. Sometimes we have a stage crew person. But I mean, increasingly, if... Um, bringing an extra person is going to cost seven, eight, nine hundred euro out of your fee. Um, and many bands are choosing not to. So you have yourself a mental checklist um, and you're meant and a kind of worry list. Now, I'm sure if you were to listen to the Kieran Williams podcast, the uh, the, uh, you know, the commander in chief of Primordial, uh, the creative commander in chief. And he were to say to him, but well, could you do a podcast about your uh, your worries and your checklist? It would be a rather short podcast. He's a very different human than I am um, a much more calm one. And he just takes it in his stride. But we all approach it differently. Um, but certainly there's an air, you know, it doesn't matter how calm you are. If you have to do, if you're doing something for the first time or haven't done it in months and months, sometimes you get there and you go, um, oh yeah, this was the lead that didn't work that I put aside last time, but because I haven't I put all my pedals together in three or four months, you go, oh yeah, this doesn't work. And that can be a nightmare. Um, it happened to us supporting Cannibal Corpse in the open air in um, Essen last summer. Uh, a, faulty, um, a faulty, one faulty pedal, tuning pedal, and we lost like six minutes of the show, which was um, an entire song. It was Gallows Hymn, and we had to cut it from the set. Um, bands who rehearse more often, of course, with their own gear, not like you can do that really here, they will, um, I mean, in as much as you don't have a lockup just full of your own stuff, that's not a very Irish thing. Um, you have to keep, you know, regularly check all these things. So right now I could um, be about to check my wireless mic and um, who knows, maybe it broke the last time I played a gig in May and I forgot about it and I thought it, I put it in a special bag and went, oh yeah, Check that out when you go home. And now I open that bag to find um, uh, my wireless mic is wrapped in a rotting um, Venom shirt or stage piece and all the, the end is completely rusted. Or, you know, there's there's a thousand things that can go wrong, my friends. But I'm going to be busy over there. I'm going to be doing some interviews. I'm going to be doing, hopefully, a live podcast of Agitators Anonymous. There's the quiz. There's so many things to report on. I'm going to try and film some cool stuff and interview some people. Maybe I can get down to Gal's Gallery and have a little chat with Christian about this and that. Um, the weather and wine and all sorts, all sorts of things. Um, I'm hoping to be able to get around and do those things. So hopefully there should be some really interesting views coming up on the podcast and all sorts of stuff.
Well, you've heard me discuss on the podcast before about um, advertising on the podcast. If um, there are bands who are making demos, making albums, and they think this is a good way to reach an audience of a couple of hundred, couple of thousand, couple of whatever people. Like I said, the listening figures would seem to show that it's pushing up to over 350,000 listens, plays over however long. Um, so there's, there are a few of you who do manage to get to the end of the podcast. But friends of mine from um, Lisbon in Northern Ireland, The Crawling, uh, kind of uh, doom death metal, cool guys, great band. Um, they contacted me and said, look, we have a new thing coming out. Um, can we do something in the podcast? So what I'm going to do is, I think, play um, a section from the song, um, from the new album, All of This for Nothing, um, your rather pertinent title, um, you could say, and it's called Thy Nazarene. And I'm just going to put um, a section of it here afterwards. You can follow them at The Crawling Band on Instagram. Or more importantly, you can go to The Crawling Band, which is the C-R-A-W-L-I-N-G band.bandcamp.com. Bandcamp, really the only equitable place um, for bands. And there's, just looking at it now, there's a lot of merch. There's cassettes, there's CDs, there's all sorts of things going on there. Um, very well organized, gentlemen, very well organized. Or if you want to book them, thecrawlingband at gmail.com. All right, I'm going to play this podcast out um, with an excerpt from the song Thy Nazarene by The Crawling. If you think this looks like a, or looks like, if you think this sounds like a good idea for your band um, or your company or whatever it is, then get in touch and we can figure something out. Here we go, The Crawling. Close my eyes. It was the 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.